The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest. Karen Calder is with us. Karen is head of equity research for Asia at UBP. He's on the line from Singapore. Karen, thanks for being with us. Uh, A lot of the conversation is obviously focused on uh, the relaxation of these strict COVID measures on the mainland, the reopening story in China. The equity market loves it. Are you a buyer of Chinese assets right now? Hi, good morning. Uh, So, I mean, we've obviously, um, you know, we're we're cautiously optimistic on this early reopening signals from China. Um, You know, the market uh, clearly wants this, wants this to happen. It's encouraging that um, it seems like the official messages uh, has started to recognize the actual science of uh, Omicron, which is that it is, is less deadly. Um, So hopefully the announcement you, you mentioned that's meant to happen later today will be, uh, you know, something around, uh, effective vaccination, um, because this is the other problem uh, in China, while there's a relatively high vaccination rate, the, the, uh, we understand that the, the vaccine is not that effective. Um, and they're, they're not, uh, you know, they haven't brought in the mRNA vaccines, um, um, <laughs> which would have, which would have made it much Somewhat safer better. to, to yeah. reopen quicker. So yeah. how should we view this? Should we view this as bumps in the road? They kept this policy for so long, they taught people to you know, stay home and be afraid of going out and all kinds of things. And now you've got to change that. And you're going to have spikes in cases. Winter's coming. So is that a bump in the road or is, oh, they could roll this back? You know, there's a skepticism. They've tried, they've said they're turning away from COVID zero in the past and then they don't do it. What kind of situation is it? Yeah, I, I think uh, I would categorize it as the beginning of the end. Um, so, you know, don't forget, uh, uh, it's education is important in China around this because Chinese uh, the message in China has been that COVID will kill you. And, you know, when we see the, you know, lockdown of uh, Ikea and the factories and stuff and people running away, they're not running away because they want to be free. They're running away because they think they might get locked in and get COVID and die. Um, so th- there needs to be uh, you know, and certainly the message for, you know, from the top has been, look, Omicron is uh, not that bad. Um and that's part of the education process. So, you know, certainly it's China and anything could happen. Um, but it does seem to be, uh, you know, certainly the message from the top is that the, this is the beginning of the end and, and they want to get it done. What about how Western companies in particular are reevaluating uh, their business ties with the mainland? I mean, even during the uh, trade war under the Trump administration, there were companies that were reexamining supply chain issues. Obviously, that became or was exacerbated by the pandemic. Now we've had a draconian uh, response. Um, We can describe in greater detail what's underneath the hood, but fundamentally is that China has not been open for business for some time now, 
And companies in the West have had to deal with the consequence of that. And if I'm running a major company, I'm reinvestigating or revisiting the strategy as it relates to reliance on the Chinese economy. Fair statement. And, and so what can we be expecting then on that front over the next 12 months, let's say? Yeah, absolutely. It's a fair statement. And, and, and you know, as you mentioned, you know, it started kind of with the with the trade war, got exacerbated by COVID, but it also falls within the, the sort of global theme around uh, deglobalization. Um, so if you are running a global uh, supply chain, um, you know, that it, it, it includes China or even in the past Russia, um, definitely, you know, plans are, are underway to to uh, diversify there. So potential beneficiaries, you know, in the region, obviously are, are Vietnam, uh, which, which is, uh, has had uh, great growth in terms of um, supply chain reallocation, possibly India, although it's not without its infrastructure problems and uh, some of the other countries in, in Southeast Asia as well. Um, so, you know, absolutely, this is, uh, this is uh, not an issue that's, that's gonna go, go to go away uh, quickly or not just gonna go away with the uh, relaxation of COVID over time in China, um, but it also falls within the, the context of a, a kind of a reversal in globalization or deglobalization. Okay, so uh, how about what everybody else is expecting or not expecting that you are in terms of what to do with my money in Asia? <laughs> Sure. I mean, so we, we, you know, we think there's a few major things um, which, which are driving our, our view, which is which is kind of uh, cautious. And, and we've just published an outlook for next year called Walking the Tightrope, which kind of gives a, a you know, illustration of where, where we think we are. Um, so, while, you know, inflation is probably topped out in the short term. Um, and, you know, we generally agree that the terminal rate of around 5% is um, looks about right. And we'll get an increase in the guidance from the Fed next week. But, but don't forget that um, uh, if, uh, you know, against market expectations that uh, the Fed has to start uh, cutting by mid next year, um, in, in the sort of Goldilocks case where we're ahead for a soft landing, um, the Fed has in the past uh, against aggressive rate hike cycles, uh, the, the period between the last hike and the first cut has been between six and nine months. Um, so I, I would say that we shouldn't expect a short, you know, a short-term reversal, and maybe that's where we differ a little bit. Um, we think it leads us to a, a few strategies. One is um, certainly inflation is high, but it's starting to fall, and we think that's creating a tactical opportunity to do two things. One is uh, focus on on profits that come from uh, reallocation or forced reallocation of spending, so around energy transition and also around the infrastructure, uh, globally even. And also a shift towards dividends uh, and income as key drivers of, of total returns in this, um, you know, you know, six to twelve month period as inflation uh, is high but starts to fall, um, and and it, we should expect uh, overall, um, you know, positive real returns from equities over that period of time, and and we think the best way to get that is from you know the two the two things we just mentioned, which is reallocation of spending towards energy and infrastructure, and also uh, dividends and income. So I'm trying to understand in listening to your kind of view on Fed policy, what it means for the path of the dollar. Today's strengthening notwithstanding, I mean, we have elevated yields, I get that, with some of the data in the States has been a little hot, uh, kind of just creating a little bit more anxiety around this notion of, you know, higher for longer and maybe a terminal rate that's well above five by the middle of next year. But so if you had to 
kind of put a, a, a view on the dollar here and not only where the dollar may trade, but what that means for Asia. How do you weigh in? We think the the dollar has peaked or is peaking. Um, so obviously, you know, that is supported by, um, you know, the bulk of interest rate increases have already happened. Um, even if we're going, even if we were going to six, uh, most of it's already happened or certainly the, you know, uh, the surprise part of it is long ago already happened. So that's one thing. Um, so we think uh, you know a shift towards uh, a weaker dollar is obviously obviously a positive for um, EM in general. Um, the biggest part of EM is you know, obviously China. So if we could get uh, you know a view towards peaking of rates and a reopening of China, um, we think that could be very positive indeed for um, for EM uh, earnings and and EM markets uh, into into next year. Well, and it, it all seems like not pie in the sky, like all of that could happen. Karen Calder, thank you so very much for a fascinating conversation and potentially profitable conversation. Head of Equity Research for Asia at UBP. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.